Do you want to hear the greatest story? Yeah, I do. Oh my god, Bon Jovi sound checking. We got to see this. But then we hear um the guy whistling to a microphone. Yeah, it was John, and he goes, "The kids can stay." We're like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> nice. Thanks, thanks, Johnny. It was a small theatre, and we went upstairs, and there was a photo of Dire Straits, who did their very first rock blast there in 1982, oh, wow. which was just so cool. Yeah. So these bikies got in touch with us, give us 500 bucks so you don't get your singer back. <laughs> Holy shit. Welcome everyone, you are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. This is an interview style podcast where I talk with musicians, performers and sometimes wrestlers. I am your host, the Sizz Dog. Thanks for joining me. Man, my tummy's full. Just had dinner, made myself a tasty serving of Moroccan chicken and peas and what else, mashed pumpkin and some goat's cheese. Dude, dudettes, if you haven't tried goat's cheese with your mash, you haven't lived, all right? Get around it, man. Oh, let me tell you, folks, what else? Uh, I watched uh, the first AEW pay-per-view last week and I've re-watched it. A couple of times, uh, in particular, the Cody and Dustin Rhodes match, probably about three times now, and uh, it's just so good. What good storytelling, man! Oh my god, if you're not a wrestling fan, that's cool, man. I don't, you know, I, don't, I won't judge, but if you are and you haven't checked out that first pay per view, uh, Double or Nothing, which was held in Las Vegas, um, you should just, you know, find a way to to watch that pay per view, man, because it. It was it was great. It was brilliant. I think it's what all wrestling fans are kind of have been waiting for the last few years because uh, it was pretty 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 good, and and uh, I can't wait for more of this promotion. You know, the weekly show sounds amazing, um, and each pay per view and if each pay per view is even half as good as this first one, sign me up. Sign me up, brother. It was brilliant. Talking about wrestling. And wrestling fans, my guest this week is is a wrestling fan. I got up with Brendan Nellison. Uh, he's a guitar player for Melbourne Rockers Eat the Damn Orange and co-host of The Hard Rock Show. And uh, Brendan and I have a, a great chat. Uh, we swap some war stories from years of playing in the cover band scene in Melbourne. So stay tuned to hear all about it. Art of Touring is brought to you every single Wednesday. Uh, You can listen to Art of Touring on iTunes or on the Google Podcasts app on your Android device. And remember, Art of Touring is part of the A Lot of Green Podcast Network. You can check out all their other awesome podcasts on their network at www.alotofgreen.com.au. There is a little bit of coarse language in this week's episode, so if you are listening with kids, it might be a good idea to throw on Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Uh, Then once they're dropped off at the pool, uh, put Art of Turing back on. Now let's take a moment for this week's sponsor. Episode 59 of Art of Turing is brought to you this week by FAA, Figure Addiction Anonymous. Do you have a figure addiction? Do you find yourself scrolling through Facebook Marketplace and eBay at all hours of the night? Do you spend your weekly grocery budget on figures and end up eating rice for weeks just so you can feed your figure addiction instead of feeding yourself? Well, you're not alone. Join Figure Addiction Anonymous. We hold weekly meetings where you can talk about your addiction in a safe and non-judgmental environment. 
We just ask that you refrain from checking eBay listings while in session. Figure Addiction Anonymous, the only place the figure addict can go without judgment from your work colleagues, friends or partners. It's a real addiction, folks, so don't laugh. Just so you know, Art of Touring is hosted by Wooshka. If you'd like to listen on your desktop, you can. Just Google Art of Touring and follow the links to the Wooshka homepage. Before I get into my conversation with Brendan, I'd like to share with you some of his music. This is a song called Blue Balls. Check it out. Okay, there you go, Blue Balls. Now, this is me and Brendan Nellison, and I'll see you on the other side. Have a listen. Check it out. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Art of Touring podcast. Uh, I'm sitting here and I'm joined this uh, beautiful evening tonight by guitar player uh, from Eat the Damn Orange and co-host of the Hard Rock Show, Mr. Brendan Nellison. How are you, Brendan? I'm good. Both those things are the same person, which is good. <laughs> yes. It's just me. You can host and <laughs> and you can play guitar in a band. You can do it all, mate. Oh, mate. Multi-skilled. Multi-skilled. <laughs> And we're sitting here, uh, you know, in my little studio, and we're enjoying a, we're enjoying a nice furfy. We are indeed. It's not a paid uh, promotion. It's just what was in the fridge. <laughs> and a cold beverage in a warm studio, which is nice, because mm. it, it ain't warm outside. <laughs> not at all. I, I, I certainly take the um, the tact of, you know, when a guest comes over to the to the uh, Siriani Studios, before we come over here, I'll, I'll offer them a drink, tea, coffee, water, beer, you know, what, what's your poison? And then whatever the guest says, I, I will join them with them. So, oh, okay. so if you hadn't have said beer tonight, I wouldn't be drinking a beer on a school night. So thank you very much. Oh, well, there you go. That's <laughs> nice to know. That's nice to know. Well, yeah. I had to, you know, because it's my birthday after all. So you know. Oh, really? So yeah. Happy so, birthday, mate. Well, how could I not have a beer? Well, so, definitely. Yes, yeah, celebratory. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And and do you mind if I ask how old you're turning today, Brennan? How many years young? 44. 44? Yeah. Wow. You're only... <laughs> Five years ahead of me, mate. I'm 39 this okay. year, so we're all we're all get there eventually. You're creeping up on it, That's mate. It, man. You're creeping up on That's it. That's it. <laughs> Gosh, dude, let's um let's begin um with the the basic question of where you're from, where you grew up, all that kind of stuff. Where were you? Ah. Where were you born? Born in downtown Dandenong, actually. Yes, <laughs> you Dandenong, know, ex- exotic location. Yeah. Um, but yeah, moved around quite a bit. I was sort of in Melbourne till I was six, and then Adelaide until I was nine, and then back in Melbourne till I was fourteen, and then Kuala Lumpur until I was seventeen. Whoa. So yeah, I like finished, you know, did high school over there because Dad was working in KL. Huh. And then back to Melbourne, and I was in Perth for six years, and then Townsville for a couple of years, and then back to Melbourne again. So jeez, well travelled. Yeah, still consider myself a Melbourne boy. Always have. Yeah. But you know, when you sort of break it down like that, it's been a bit. Been a bit all over the joint, you know. Wow. Yeah. 
And so why um, why were you moving around so much as a, as a young person? Was it um, your folks had a gig where they had to move a lot? Or yeah, it's just kind of the it, it's sort of funny the way it works out sometimes. But the Adelaide the Adelaide move was the initial big thing for the family. You know, mm. and we were you know Endeavour Hills. You know, just suburban kids, and you know, yeah, away you go. But the, the KO one was the big extreme because that was nineteen eighty nine. Right. So pre-internet yeah, sort of right. So, you know, when you go over and, you know, I was just over in, in, in Bali last week, you know, and you're just sitting in the pub and the, the footy's on and all that yes. kind of stuff. It was like none of that. Like my mum used to mail me the sports pages from the Herald Sun. Really? So I could keep up with the footy and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so it? your mum didn't go over with no. you. It was just you and your dad. Me, my dad and my sister, yeah. Yeah, right. So, but that's that's the way it was, you know. If you want to keep up with your mates, you wrote bloody letters. Kids. <laughs> ask, ask your parents, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because phone calls were even so bloody expensive back then. Of there was course. absolutely nothing you could do. No. So, yeah, it was a real different time. And it's interesting sort of going back there now and seeing, like, the expat experience now would be a really different beast. You know, the world's yeah. so much smaller now with the technology and, you know, even what we're doing now. It's like, yeah. Un- Thinkable twenty years ago. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of blokes so, recording a, literally a radio show. Yeah, but that can be accessed at any time. Not yeah. you know when mm. it's being broadcast on the FMIM mm. and, and globally. And globally, yeah, yeah. uncensored, yeah. unscripted. You know, away you go. So mm. it's yeah, it's quite it's quite an odd thing how quickly it's moved. But yeah, man, yeah. I was actually talking with my year six. I'm a music teacher during mm. the day. You know. And we do this um, this lesson with the, the Year 7 music class. Um, and I show them a silent movie, uh, mm. Charlie Chaplin, you know. And one of the questions is, after they've watched it, is, how do you think an audience member of the 1920s would have reacted to this film mm. in, com- in comparison to an audience member of... 2019 Mm. and they're like oh they would have thought it was amazing it would have Mm. blew their mind you know Mm. but in 2019 we're like this is not the avengers man (laughs) (laughs) you know it's not so it's hard to make that you know that gap bridge that gap yeah even though they were all laughing their heads off when it was on so it was still entertaining was it, I enjoy like Looney Tunes cartoons like on a completely different level now. Yeah, right. Because yeah, the music is insane. I mean, that was full orchestra. Mm-hmm. You know, somehow in time with every step. You yes. Know, like someone going up the stairs. like Perfectly timed, yeah. Just like, you know, the amount of effort that would have gone into making those things. And yeah. as a kid, you don't... No, you, you don't know, pick um, up on it. No, the score... You know, obviously makes a massive difference to the, to the watching experience. But, mm. you know, now as a bit later as a musician, you're sort of listening to it on a whole different level. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's yeah. mental. That's one of my favourite things is watching a, a show or a, a movie as an adult that you haven't seen since you were a kid mm. and watching it with adult eyes going, whoa. Yeah. And you take so much more away from it. Yeah. Like watching like Police Academy or something as an adult, yeah. you're like... <laughs> How the hell did my parents let me watch this? Yeah. <laughs> There's boobs in this. <laughs> Even Grease. Yeah, you know, like, right. Because I remember yeah. Grease as being a tame experience that you used to watch when you were five. Yeah. Some of the content. Like, oh, dude. No way is that getting through. Like, no, that's right. Like Footloose even. Like, it's yeah, just, man. It's quite bizarre. It's crazy. Yeah. And so um, how did you first um, find music uh, as, as a young lad? Did, did, was there any one musical in your family? Yeah, music was always there. Like... Um, Dad played guitar and mum sang. They were even on bloody, what was it, New Faces in like 1968. Oh, really? Which I've tried to get a copy of and it's gone. Because you know, they used oh. to, you know, they used to reuse the film and stuff in those days. Of so, course. Yeah, a lot it would have been the, taped over. Yeah, long gone. But yeah, it was uh, yeah, my dad and a mate and my mum doing House of the Rising Sun on New Faces apparently. Far out. Yeah. So, but I've never got to see it. 
Because New Faces, was that on Network Ch- Channel 9? Was that on 9 or, or Network 10? I think it was 9. Channel well, 9? Been, 10 wouldn't have existed back then. It would have been zero, wouldn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was 9. But 9. And yeah. so that was like a talent variety show? Yeah. Where you'd go on and do a spot. Yeah. And with maybe a half an hour, an hour show or whatever, there would be a host. Yeah. Because I don't remember three, it. It was the three judges. It was, you know. Oh, three judges? Yeah, it was like red faces except taken seriously, you know. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so they did that. Yeah. So your mum sung. Yeah. And your dad played the guitar. Played guitar, yeah. So it was just. Oh, my gosh. You know, like the, the, the parties at our house and stuff when I was that age, was music was always involved. There was yeah. always a few guitars around. And, yeah. And that's just what sort of happened. It was just always there. Yeah, I didn't take it seriously, of course, until sort of you know teenage years, much sure. later on. But yeah, I'd yeah, had a guitar in my hand probably at the age of five. Yeah, you know? wow. And I just never really embraced it. No. Yeah. <laughs> so but it was it was always there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And did um did your dad show you anything on the guitar as, as a young fella? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, but dad's he's more. I mean, you'd call him a sort of a folk guitarist, right? Kind of thing. Like he had some heavy leanings. So he go through dad's. Yeah, the old LPs and stuff, which, yeah, because I could never keep my hands off the stereo as a kid. So I said, well, if, if he's going to touch it, I'll teach him how to use it. You know? Right, right. So I remember yeah, at five and six years old, like dad teaching me how to treat vinyl and, you know, never was anything left out of its sleeve. And, yeah, you know, everything was a bit of respect. Everything, eh? always. Yeah. I'm still the same now. I mean, my my life can be in complete disarray, but I can assure you my CDs are in perfect alphabetical order. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things. Yeah. But yeah, it was, just, it was really cool, but Dad always had sort of like status quo and Queen and Sabbath and Nazareth and all that in the collection. So yeah. I always sort of had the heavy leanings there, even though that it really wasn't what he was listening to most of the time. But mm. yeah, like I'd just go through his albums and just go discovering, you know. Was, yeah, right. That's how I used to spend weekends as a kid. You know? Really? Yeah. Far out. That's cool, man. Yeah. Um, Because that's certainly something that is lost on today's generation, you know. I mean, some of them, depending on their folks, whether or not they're introducing them to vinyl. Like, I'm not sure if you noticed when you walked in, we have a vinyl player set up in the Mm. front room. It's buried under all the kids' toys, but it is is there. (laughs) And um, what we like to do is put on an album while we're having dinner together. Mm. And we'll choose, you know, something different. Or we've got our favourites, you know, that we like to play. Um, and so, yeah, it, at least we're exposing them to that mm. as well as, you know, whacking on the MP3 player in the car while you're driving or yeah. listening to a podcast. So they're kind of getting all of the, the different mediums. But um, I think it's just great that uh, at least we can still kind of offer that to them, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, the album craft is a bit – it's not a lost art. It's certainly still there. Yeah. And like anyone that's watched a hard rock show to hear me and Andrew banging on about it. Yeah. Because yeah, we both love – an album to, you know, peak and trough and, you know, take you on a bit of a journey. and mm. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm guilty myself of just putting things on shuffle. Like, I do it all the time. Yeah. You know, but I still love listening to albums, and that's why I love doing the review process on that because you yes. get to sit down for your 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it is, yeah. and listen to an album as the, as the artist intended. Yeah, man. And I really dig it. You know, I've that always cool. loved it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Far out. And mm. so what about your sister? Is she musical as well? Not really. She was a dancer, actually. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, musical on that side. She never played any instruments, you know, per se. But yeah. so, like I said, it was just always around. Music was just always a given. Always there. Yeah. I can never understand where people say, oh, you know, I don't really listen to music. I'm like, I, I can never, because no. I don't know life without it. So It's so strange, isn't it, when yeah. they say that? Yeah. You're like, hang on a minute, have you ever seen a TV show or a movie mm. before? It's music, it, there's music in it. Yeah. But they don't register it. That's no. the thing, you know. Yeah. Like, 
it's yeah score and music is is completely sort of different very odd yeah and so when did you kind of feel like um because you said that the guitar was just kind of there and you kind Mm. of picked it up but you said you kind of didn't take it seriously until you were in teenage years yeah so tell me about that yeah that that would have been yeah in in uh once we hit sort of the malaysia part of it you know Mm -hmm. in Kuala Lumpur because because I said the old man was more of a folk guitarist, so it was sort of you know four to six chords, and you know that's what I knew, and I could you know keep a beat and all that kind of stuff. But that was about it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was just a couple of guys I started you know messing in with at school, and then all of a sudden heavy metal came into it. And then to be honest, it was the day I learned how to play the Four Horsemen by Metallica. Was that was it? That was the day that it You're all like, changed for me. Oh like, yeah, I yeah. can do this. Yeah. Oh well, cool. Well, distorted guitar and palm muting was just not something that had ever been on my register. I just didn't no. know how that sound was created. Right. And then all of a sudden, once that happened, it was that was me gone and I've never recovered. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. And so did you actually form a band while you were in KL? Uh, we did. Well, what they used to have a lot over there was, was like jam studios, but they, they had instruments. So you'd go with a few mates and you'd pay you whatever it was, 20 And there was bar. instruments yeah, there. drums, guitars, pedals, mics, the whole shit match. So oh. it was just something we used to do. Well, I used to skip school predominantly. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then just go to one of these studios and all pitch in five bucks. And, Holy and we'd, moly. And we'd spend the afternoon just playing. But Yeah. Yeah. The, we didn't we didn't actually play ourselves anywhere, you know, bar a couple of sort of school concerts and things. Where, sure, yeah. You know. But, um, yeah, but that's just what we used to do. That was our outlet. Yeah. yeah. And these yeah. were all local guys that you met over there. Yeah. And they speak. They spoke English as well? Well, or? a lot of guys were from school because I was going to an international school. But oh, right. We were... Um, yeah, being in a lot of lot of rich kids, right? Know? And we were a long way from that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And in fact, a lot of the Aussies were because like, most of them over there were either airline or something. Where a lot of the Americans were oil money and all this kind of stuff. Oh, so right, big, like, guys, you know, getting BMWs for their sixteen year old sixteenth uh, birthday. Oh my kind of gosh, stuff. you know, that wasn't us. No, <laughs> you know? so yeah, yeah. We we just sort of we ran our own paper. We ran with a lot of local guys because we were into the heavy music and you know to go to these gigs. Yeah, yeah. You know, sort of long haired teenagers that we were. Sure. I mean, all these local guys, and they were brilliant. You know? Yeah, we nice. Just sort of mucked in with them. Yeah. Um, felt a lot more comfortable because the American school system's weird. Right. Because you know, that was all like you saw on telly, you know, and bell rings and everyone runs out the door and cafeteria for lunches and all that crap that you see was real yeah right yeah and And that's what the international school was like yeah because it was american curriculum so you know it was a whole year nine as freshman year and sophomore and all that crap all that stuff (laughs) varsity football team and all that all that which aussie we just didn't fit yeah (laughs) so you're going over there in year 10 they're like no this is your sophomore year yeah we're like you're like what (laughs) couldn't even spell it thought that was maybe (laughs) just for the movies no this is actually what we call it (laughs) i love it i love it so it was really kind of strange yeah Yeah. and so um when did you leave kuala lumpur like was it um yeah what age did you actually leave and come back Uh, here 17 17 so so you did it up to year 11 yeah and then came back here for year 12 yeah, but I didn't do it. But you, you finished at year, <laughs> yeah, 11. year 11. Yeah, yeah nice, so nice. Yeah, because um, I was 17 already knew everything, of course. Of course, so, I mean, yeah, what 17-year-old yeah. doesn't? Amazing how much I've forgotten since then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so when you came back, did you find yourself a gig or did you do further study? What, what did you end up doing? No, I started working. Actually. Yeah, Not working? Fun. Thomas down. Oh, really? What <laughs> yeah. were you doing? Uh, I was an apprentice armature winder. What is that? There you go. <laughs> I lost art. Uh, rewinding electric motors. So okay. It was, yeah, it was uh, 
it's a bit of a trade that's almost disappeared now. So an electric motor for what? Anything like any anything in any factory. You see an electric anything that spins or moves has got an electric motor oh, attached to it. Right. So, yeah. And you would go in there and maintain them. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it was a strange gig. Didn't last long. <laughs> How long did you do it for? Oh, nearly a year. Right. I, I was living in the basin at the time. Okay. Still 17, so I didn't have a driver's license. So I just train into town, then train all the way back here and walk half an hour. So it was a yeah, two right. and a half hour commute to get to work. Jeez. Yeah, as a first year apprentice on 150 bucks a week. Oh, yeah. forget that. Yeah. Like said, it lasted you... nearly a year. Nearly a year. <laughs> and they went, you know, I can go on the dole, get the same amount of money and not leave the house. Not leave the house yeah. and play some music. Yeah. Jeez. Man, that's um, <laughs> that's crazy. It was a solid learning experience, though, because every job I've had since has been a piece of piss. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because that was, that was just dreadful. That was dreadful. Yeah, I really thought, if this is what working life's all about, you can have it. Yeah, yeah. right. Because yeah. I, I didn't get my first gig until uh, I left school as well, because mm. I, I didn't have, like, some students go do, like, the Maccas or whatever, like, yeah. while they're at school mm. and get their certificate or whatever if they finish at year 10 or 11, 12, whatever. Mm. But I went all the way through not never having a gig. Mm. Sure, I kind of worked for my parents in, like, the lighting shop or whatever, because mm. my mum my uh, ran a, a lighting shop in mm. the 80s, um, into the 90s. And so I did a little bit of work, but nothing, like, for anyone else. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, and so eventually, when I left school and started studying music, um, I got a gig as a waiter. Yeah, right. Man, it sucked. Yeah, the dreaded hospitality. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was excited because I'd never gotten a gig before. Yeah. So I was super keen. You know, I'd show up early, you mm. know, uh, work after if I had to or whatever, you mm. know, um, do all the shit jobs. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore, eh? <laughs> It wasn't yeah, fun. Yeah. <laughs> and the hours suck and, you know. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah it's certainly. you with kids now, you wouldn't even entertain the idea. No, you know? no way. Nah. No. Be a relationship killer too. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so you, you give up the uh, the um, the apprenticeship. Yeah. And and you, did you go on the doll or would you, yeah, you just went yeah, on the doll? Been a year and a half. That was kind of what I consider the gap year. Yeah, the gap year, year finding yourself. Yeah, yeah. So nice. my, it was actually one of one of my schoolmates from from KL, mm-hmm. Melbourne bloke as well. He'd moved back at the time I sort of quit the job, and we got a place down um, in Elwood. Yeah, right. You know, and yeah, that was that was sort of the start of it all. You know, that, that's. That was that was their self discovery tour, you know. Yeah, sure. So you yeah, get yeah. To that age and yeah, playing a lot of music together and sort of you know, Chris was a quite a deep thinker. Even though he was the same, only finished year eleven in Kale, same as me. Yes, he's now a PhD in philosophy and psychology. Whoa, no philosophy and sociology. Sorry, far so, out. Yeah, he's sort of done that, you know, without a high school diploma, which is bizarre. It's one of those things you couldn't think you could ever do but yeah he went into the university course yeah a bit later on in bit his later. early 20s but he was always that kind of deep thinker so it was a fascinating guy to be living with in that period you know we used to sit up to all hours of the night yeah you know playing guitar and you know talking about life death and existential existence and sure you know, yeah 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 <laughs> and the way you'd go you know yeah right but he sort of pursued that as an academic that's never really been my caper okay you know, i can't sit in a classroom i just the, the instant class clown comes out in me. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and did you guys can't. form a band or? No, nah, never did. We, we wrote a bit of music together at the time, but we never really did much. I didn't okay. start playing in a band until sort of a few years later when I started playing cover band stuff. You oh, know. you went into the cover scene you, first. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, just sort of always assumed that I couldn't write songs. Mm-hmm. 
you know. I think a lot of people make that mistake. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm mistake. Some can, some can't. But sure, yeah. yeah. I reckon I spent 20 years telling myself I couldn't write a decent song. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that wasn't until, well, I'm 44 now, but this band's only been going on three, four years. Yeah. And it wasn't until we said, and oddly enough, with the same guy, with Chris, who we're still friends with now. Wow. Yeah, because I was always trying to write metal stuff, which is extraordinarily hard to write a really good metal song. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, something that sort of has all the parts and tempo change and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And so we actually made the conscious decision, like, let's just let's just write some rock songs and funny lyrics and keep ourselves entertained. Yeah, right. And that's what we started doing. And all of a sudden I got some legs and started yeah. writing some songs I really enjoyed playing. And, you know, some people seem to enjoy listening to it. And That's great. And, yeah, so the original stuff, like, honestly, it was 40 before I really started writing. Giving it a go. Yeah. Yeah. So. And mm. so um, that's the same guy that you were living with in your yeah. 20s is yeah. now in the band with you. No, he's on the band. We were writing songs together kind of stuff. But yeah, the, the, uh, everything on the first EP we basically wrote together. Oh, so um, he just was your writing partner. Yeah. He never actually joined the band. Nah, nah. Oh, wow. Because no, he's six months here and six months in Thailand and stuff with his, with his um, teaching oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah. right. So, yeah. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was and a bit odd. far out. <laughs> and so he's not even a member of the band. Nah. Crazy. And but, so, he, but he gets all that sweet money from the, uh, you know... From all the royalties. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They just keep rolling I in, don't they? Those checks every year. They yeah. don't stop. They're just huge, huge checks yeah. from CD Baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's sad. Which we could, you know, we don't have to go to work every day. We can just no. live off that $9.50 Professional that we musician. get a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so you're doing the cover band scene, and yeah. did you find did you find yourself a residency when you were playing in the cover yeah. band scene? Yeah, where did you play? Uh, uh, King Street. What was it called? Saloon Bar. King Street. Oh, okay. Yeah. It still exists as a bar. I don't know what it's called now. It's called something else. On Dallas. King Street? Yeah, Dallas or something. I can't remember what it's called now. Because I was talking to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. I think it may have been on the podcast, mm. and they mentioned that they used to play at a place called, in on King Street, mm. and they mentioned it was called and da 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 da, but mm. now it's called the Men's Gallery, and I was like, yeah. "What? That yeah. blew my mind. I didn't know that that the Men's Gallery that that whole building yeah. used to be a pub with live bands. There was a few. There was oh, I'm trying to think. the one that's." Bar 20 now? Mm-hmm. Is it still Bar 20? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't hang out on King Street much anymore. Hey, I'm pretty sure it is. But that was a, the original sports bar in Melbourne. Is that right? Yeah, because so, I would have been, dead set, must have been 18. It would have been you know, one of my first ever nights out. And yeah. It was, you know, that was called The Sports the Bar. The Sports Bar. And it had like 20 televisions and we're all walking in Really? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 20 TVs. Exactly. And old then. school TVs. Oh know? my God, they would have been taking up so much room. <laughs> they had to build like this whole structure over the bar to house, oh, them, all. house them all. Yeah. That is wild. It was, that was the thing and then that lasted whatever, 12 months and then became a strip and joint. And a strip joint. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The rest is history, isn't it? Yeah. So you're playing at a place there on King Street mm. um, like a Friday night, a Saturday night, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, doing the covers thing. Yeah. Yeah, right. Do you remember what that, that band name was called? <laughs> it was called Wookie. Oh, really? Yeah, it, was. it was called Wookie. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And wow. I, think, I think the Did you name was... the band? Oh, yeah, God, me and whoever else was in it at the time. Yeah, yeah. You said, yeah. let's call it Wookie. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Even we did, a, we did a demo of covers. Because yeah. you did back then. Yeah, so yeah. when you were trying to get gigs, you had to give them the... Yes, know. an actual CD. Look, we're actual musicians. Yeah. We can play. Yes. But yeah, it was, you know, Chewy and Hoss with snow and everything. No shit. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Fantastic. That was, our, that was our big promo. That is awesome, man. <laughs> Wookie. Yeah. 
Um, oh man! And do you have any stories from those days, like playing covers in those pubs, like in anything that we could, we could get something out of? Things we can share. Yes, things we could share with that. <laughs> being stories arrested. I probably can't share. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, you you've done your fair share of it. You know, there's times mm. where you're playing to nothing but staff. There's times you're playing to rooms that are absolutely jumping. You know, like yeah. It's, it's 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 a it's a bit of a love hate relationship. The whole covers scene, you know. You yeah, have some man. great nights, and you know, then you've just got people screaming at you to play horses all night. You yeah, know? And, and that's so depressing. It is bad. Yeah, you know? and it hasn't that bloody that. The, the cover band set list has changed so little in 20 years. I know. It's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I try to mix it up mm. when I can. Like, so for example, I was on, I was playing a gig on Saturday um, up in Point Cook, just an acoustic solo gig. Mm. And everyone had gone home. It was just this one table of women who had just been drinking wine and just enjoying the night. Mm. And they weren't going anywhere. But it was just the bar staff and them, basically. And so I was about halfway through the... Actually, yeah, halfway through the last set, mm. you know, coming up to 10 o'clock. I just came up, you know, I went over to them like, hey, uh, on the microphone, like, mm. hey, ladies, it's pretty much a private gig. You can request a song if you like, you know. And mm. they just go... Can you play some U2, right? They're all Irish. Right. And I was like, yeah, I can play U2. So I just finished the night with like the three U2 songs that I do. And they loved it, you Great. know? So yeah. I do like, I mean, other, than, other if they hadn't said anything, I would have just finished the night with the random, you know, Summer of 69 and then, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Through the motions. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? But it's cool when, when you can actually, you know, do that um, – that request, yeah. you know, and, and fulfill that for them. And some of those acoustic guys are brilliant. Like there's, there's one guy. Well, you play at the Sporting Globe up here, don't you? Yeah, I have done yeah. a few shows there. It's yeah, great. Yeah, I, I drink at the Sporting Globe in Richmond all the yeah, time. Yeah, nice. So they probably get the same with a few. Three, but there's one guy there who's brilliant, and like, we're all having a few sherbets and yelling requests at him. And yeah, nine times out of ten, he'll come up with the goods. Yeah. But the time he can't, following week, he'll always pull it out. So he'll, mm. he'll always go away and learn it, you know, because a lot of the guys are drink with the Pommy guys and they'll say play Park Life or something. Park <laughs> so, Life, jeez. So, shocking song like that. Yeah, yeah. But he'll, he'll drag it out the following week. He'll get time. it out. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's hard, man. Like, I know, like, doing it for this many years, I know over 100 cover songs. Yeah, right. That's a lot of fucking content. It is. But still, someone will say, can you play this? I'll go, I can't. Mm. I'm sorry, but how could you not know that song? I'm like, dude, I know. Look, take my phone. Here's my here's my set yeah. list. Pick Choose one. something. Yeah. I'm sure. I know I don't know that one, but mm. I know I know that I'll know something that you'll like. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, I, I always love like uh, yeah. You mentioned horses, right? <laughs> Fucking horses. Yeah. I was doing this. Co- <laughs> I was doing this cover band gig uh, last year um, at the Swan Hotel in Richmond. I was doing <laughs> know it well, right? The yeah, dirty right. Swan. The Dirty Swan. I was filling uh, filling in and semi kind of in the band for about three or four months. It was a band called um, Clone the Radio, um, and they're doing the cover band thing and. And uh, they, and I'm like, oh, so you guys do horses? Yeah, that's big, you know. Mm. And they go, we don't. Mm. We actually do it as part of um, Holy Grail because it's the same four oh, chords. You riding on the horses? So yeah. That's what I do now. Yeah. So I just play Holy Grail and I get to that bridge section and then mm. just that's the way it's gonna be, little darling. Like yeah. I just go into it. Gets you off the hook of actually. Gets it me off the hook. Yeah. All I gotta do is just play that bit. Yeah. And then if people are paying attention, 
If they're not, I'll go, I actually already played most of that song, yeah. so I'm not playing Sorry. it for you. you know? The dreaded medley. Yeah, man, the yeah. medley. Yeah, you've got to bring it out sometimes. Why not? You know? I'm trying to think what we, we used to do a medley. I'm trying to think what it was. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was like Rock in the USA. Yeah. What would have gone along with that? Some Neil Diamond was? Cherry Cherry, maybe? Yeah. Uh, oh, man, I'm trying to think. And what I like about you? Oh, nice. We used to medley those three. Yeah. Yeah, that worked all right. Well, you always just kind of like, cause, I mean, you've got to do something to entertain yourselves as a cover band. <laughs> so, it's very, very dry, you yeah. know, sometimes. And especially even if you're, because usually you don't really rehearse, but when you do, you're like, well, let's let's figure out a mel- me- medley. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what, what goes with this? What's mm. in the same key? Oh, we mm. could do that, then go into that, go into that. Mm. So when, when you are doing that weekly thing and you can kind of, you know, hone your craft, it is a cool thing. Mm. So how long did Wookiee last? A um, couple of years, two, maybe three years, I think. Yeah? Yeah. Until, you know, like it's it's tiring, particularly in the band thing, because we were on at 11, I think. Yeah. Yeah, on 11, off at two. Oh. We've been working all week. Yeah, it's man. Play- and we, we were living out, I was in Bayswater at the time. Yeah. So trekking into King Street, it's a bloody, makes for a long week. It really does, yeah. man. And it's still the same times. Yeah. Like that show I was doing at the Swan for a little bit, that mm. was like, yeah, 11 o'clock start yeah. and 2, 2.30. By the time you pack up, you're not home till 3, 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's almost why the original things, you know, okay, look, you're running the risk of playing to, you know, your nine loyal fans, which, you know, we've done on many an occasion. But yeah. Most of them are closed by 12. Well, live music's done by 12. Exactly. Yeah. And now I'm living in Richmond, of course, so it's... Really easy for me to pop to all the inner city ones. Again. Yeah, that's a reasonable sick. hour. But yeah, I can't. We we actually not long before this band started, the original singer and, and I were in a cover band briefly. We only did like five gigs or something. Yeah, before this original thing took off, mm. and it reminded me why I hated it so much. To be honest with you, because mm. it was just so late, and just all of a sudden you're trying to take your amps out, and fights are breaking out. Oh, oh man, what am I doing? Yeah, because it was in Knox as well. So, of course, you know, it's rough. And the Irish. The Irish at Knox. Far out. Yeah, it was fun. But but we were, again, trying to mix up the set list. And we had some Muse in there, you know. Yeah. Trying to throw something interesting in. But the room empties. I know. Isn't it? It sucks, you know, doesn't it? Everyone goes for a smoke when you play something, something interesting. Something a little bit know? different. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It really is. <laughs> it's like, no, you are a human jukebox. Yeah. Just play Summer 69 <laughs> yeah. and shut up. Jesse's yeah, no. girl or fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Jesse's girl, man. <laughs> I don't want to hear your muse. Mm. Yeah, keep that for your, you know, your, your one cover when you're in an original band. Yeah, you know, play right. one cool song in yeah. your own original music set. Yeah. Far out, man. Did you guys do covers much in originals? When I was in a, a, yeah. an original band? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah, I'd always try and slip one in. Yeah, I'm always a know. big fan of having at least one cover. Yeah, you've got to do know. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like we did uh, Rockin' in the Free World. Yeah, cool. Quite a lot. Um, in uh, uh, When I was in Smokestack Rhino, we used to finish the gig with Whole Lot of Love. Oh, yeah, that's which right. Which was yeah, cool. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and with the pass-outs, we actually did... Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars. Really? Yeah. Cool. And we played that at Cherry Bar once. Um, it was 30 Seconds to Mars, uh, Permission to Kill, or what is that song called? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm over 40. I won't know. I'm literally looking at my iTunes library here because I know I've downloaded it, so it's got to be here somewhere. Um, and I remember playing it. Here it is. The Kill, sorry. Not permission to kill. It's just called the kill, mm. and um, we played it one night at um, Cherry Bar, 
And I'm like what, 35, married. Mm. I think, I, yeah, the kids were maybe like one year old at this point. Yeah. And um, these two chicks come up to me and start like trying it on. Because really? I just played like, they were <laughs> impressed with one, of the, like not with my songs, but <laughs> no. that we could play that one. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it's I didn't write mm. that one, love. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a pet. I just have to have a laugh. I'm like, what are you doing? It's a pet hate you know? when you play, you know, because it's not, what, 40-minute sets. You know, you get yeah. eight songs in there and yeah. you play one cover and you walk off stage and invariably people come up to you, I love the ACDC one. Yeah. You're like, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, never yeah. mind all the blood, sweat and tears that go on all the other songs. No, thanks. The, the yeah. four-chord ACDC song that we just smashed out. Yeah, cheers. Yeah, thanks just a lot. Just to get you on, <laughs> get you on our side, that's the one you're taking home. Thanks. You can't win in But it, it's also... The reason why you throw a cover in, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yes, yeah, you're asking yes. sit through your art through lack yes, of a better term. Yes, you don't if know you, these songs unless yep. you've been to all the shows. That's right. If you can call what I do art, right? <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's, it's just so you give something back. Like here's a, exactly you know, here's a song you know and that you, you might know, know. dance and carry on, and it's exactly. great. Yeah, because yeah, I do, do it. I love the pop you get from a good cover. Yes, yeah, it's a good pop. It is. Yeah, it's a bit of fun. Everyone has a bit of fun, and you get a bit of a cheer, which is always a novelty. Yeah, you know? and if you can keep that energy up with the follow up, yeah, you know, because if you do it in the middle of your set and like yeah. try to marry whatever cover you're doing yeah. with one that's kind of similar to what you kind of bring into the table, yeah. and you can keep them going with that momentum, then it's done its job. Exactly. You know, like I never forget my mate Tony. He does the wedding corporate band scene now, mm. but he used to be in this band called Brilliant Cut. Um, and they had a female uh, front person, and uh, um, they used to do a Led Zeppelin song. Mm. It may have been Whole Lot of Love. I might be getting it wrong, but they would do it like, you know, two or three songs in, and I think I was actually mm. seeing them once at the SB front bar before it was, you mm. know... Um, <laughs> When it was a bar. In, when it was actually a bar and not a DJ <laughs> thing or whatever was going <laughs> oh, on down there. Doesn't that hurt? It, it really hurts. It cuts oh, deep, man. I like but it. I remember one specific night they played it and they were just doing their original thing, two or mm. three songs. But then once they hit that, mm. you know, Led Zeppelin tune, mm. the whole pub just, not bum rushed, but mm. they all moved forward like, yeah. whoa, this bird can sing, you mm. know, because she was nailing the, the mm. Led Zeppelin song and then they kept them. And I'm like, yeah. that it was like, that was exactly what you wanted out of that yeah. moment is to try to keep them, mm. you know, from doing the cover, man, far out. Mm. But you know, the worst thing, uh, well, not the worst thing, but one of the worst things is when you're, you're doing your original thing and um, someone's just chewing your ear off mm. and you're like, are you, and in the back of your mind, I'm like, are you, and you're, you're in front of your merch desk, right? Mm. It's got CD and vinyl. You've poured your heart and soul and all this stuff, skateboards and you know yeah. posters. If you're a maniac like me, and they're just chewing your ear off, and you're like, "Is this motherfucker going to buy something, or is yeah. he literally just going to talk to me for twenty minutes?" And yeah, it's always like they just want to talk to you, and yeah. I'm like, "Do, do, do, do you want a CD?" <laughs> yeah. He can't say anything. My, you know, it's the my worst. pet hates are the ones that want to critique. When you first, oh, as really? soon as you get off stage. Oh, really? Yeah. You could have done that better. Yeah. Oh, the you know when he you know the guitarist played the solo, it was a bit loud. <laughs> was it? It was a bit loud, was it? Uh, sorry. Um, like, bring oh, bring your earplugs next the, time, dickhead. I, I won't name names. We had yeah, it, yeah. We had it with a, another band, but so we they played before us. When we come on stage, and he starts telling me everything that sounded wrong, and I'm like, jeez. Um, Two can play at this game if you want to 
you know, and get you know, into a shit like, fight. I mean, yeah, let's yeah. Let's face it. When you when you're up there, there's so much you can do. It can sound great on stage. You can sound horrible up front, and vice versa. You exactly. Don't know. You can't you're, do anything about it. Absolute mercy of the guy behind the desk. Exactly. And most of them are great. Yeah, yeah. You know, but occasionally you get a clueless guy behind the sound desk, and you can't compete with that. No, that's right. If you're the best band in the world, there's nothing you can do. No, there's nothing you can do about that, man. Yeah. But yeah. most of them are good, and we've had really good experiences with almost all of them. But you know, yeah, yeah. You know, Far there's out, there's a couple of bad ones around. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're getting around, aren't they? Those bad sound guys just, what are you doing? Pull a good sound. Stop drinking so much. Um, oh, cool, man. And so, yeah, you're doing the cover band thing. You're, you're trolling through it. Um, and uh, when – so because you, I know that the mainly the people in Melbourne are going to know you from your work from the Hard Rock show. You know, probably. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you were doing that before Eat the Damn Orange, weren't you? No. Oh no, the, no. I've got the timeline wrong. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I, I got in the Hard Rock Show thing more as a as a fanboy, really. Huh? Because I used to watch it pretty regularly. You know, right. I was a bit of a fan, and then um, Dave started doing Dave Dave Metal Life. Dave Metal Life, yeah. yeah. So he started doing the show, and then I saw him at a few gigs, and we started chatting. He was doing the THRS radio thing. Uh huh. And I said I was thinking of doing a radio show kind of thing which is you know similar podcasting but we could get away with playing music and stuff so i had this two-hour show and yeah i pumped it full of heaps of new music and yeah i was loving it and i did maybe 120 episodes of the the radio show mm-hmm. um was that then, meltdown yeah 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 and what what station was it on it's THR's radio, so it's an on online thing. So it's on like TuneIn Radio and um, oh. Radio Jar and a few of the others. So it was yeah, all right, right. Couldn't podcast it because we were playing music. Okay, yeah, we could put on those because if we'd give them actually a playlist of what we were playing, then they would still get their royalties and stuff for everything we played. Right. Yeah. But yeah, you couldn't do. I mean, you can play music on a podcast, but you got to pay. Yeah. And you know how much money this all generates yeah you'd be yeah, fully yeah. aware so paying loads yeah paying wasn't really an option yeah um so i did that for a while and then yeah jimmy and uh den you know were were going away from the tv show so andrew asked if i could sit in on a couple of episodes and it went mm. pretty well and then just sort of went from there and I ended up you know going from filling in to being a regular on a regular it. on the show yeah yeah right so, yeah which which i love because just keep getting fed new music you know and just yeah. stuff i haven't heard i just love it that's cool, yeah, man. Because just stuff I've never would, I, just so much music I never would have been exposed to, and I've just found so many great bands. Yeah, yeah, you know, both local and international. You know, some Swedish punk band that'll just blow my mind. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, and you just never would have known. You mm. know, because there's no way you're going through JB Hi-Fi and you're finding that CD. No, no, no. You no, know, no. you can't go through even Spotify and everything and find it. You know, yeah. And, you know, well, Spotify's got its. You know, everyone's got their opinion on. Whether Spotify's good, bad, or, or otherwise, or otherwise yeah, and, you know, yeah. The algorithm is certainly um, what they want it to be. You know? Yeah, yeah. And look, I, it, it's all this. It is good. It is bad. Mm. You know, it, it's bad for the artist. Yeah, it's good for the consumer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're getting like a billion streams, you're not getting any coins from then, Spotify. But even then, yeah, it's, it's not a lot of money. No, it's it's more of a, it's essentially an advertisement, so yeah. that when they go on the road, they can sell concert tickets, and that's when they actually get the coin. But yeah. the actual music is becoming free, basically. Mm. Yeah. You know, which um, is horrible. Which is horrible. And they never yeah. should have released a free platform. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where I think they went wrong, and that's where Netflix went very right. Yeah, man. You know, because Netflix doesn't have a free platform. No, it's not like you can watch whatever show that you, you know but stranger things with ads in it for nothing no exactly you, know, you can't do that and well i only you know, i only downloaded spotify maybe about six months ago yeah probably 12 months i've resisted for a long time yeah, yeah. and and even now like i 
don't really even use it. I don't like at use all. it a lot. I I use it like particularly, you know, because Andrew gives us a list of stuff he wants us to review. Ah, oh, right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. bang, now I can get that stuff. Because I used to buy a lot more. Mm. Now I buy less. I'll be honest. Since I've got access to that, yes, I'm paying my $13 subscription or whatever. Yes. But I'm not buying the CDs I used to. No, no. Yeah. But you're in a position that you actually are doing it for a reason, not as a general consumer. But I'm doing the same thing that general consumers doing. I mean, I'm paying my $13 a month and I'm listening to this music. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing as what everyone else is doing. So it's kind of... Yeah, that's what I, I see the good in it. I see the bad in it. It's, yeah, man. It, it's a strange, it's a strange beast. And mm. now with iTunes closing down, it's you know like, iTunes is closing down. Yeah, what does that mean? I didn't announce that yesterday. They're, yeah, they're stopping iTunes. They're breaking it down apparently into three different apps to service, you know, everything iTunes does. So a lot of people are freaking out because they're worried they might they might lose their iTunes library now. Holy shit! Yeah, it's only the last couple of days. This one's come out. So, but no one quite knows because they haven't. Officially, and well, they've kind of confirmed it, but they haven't announced what they're doing to replace it. So, how, what that means all all the tunes that people have released on iTunes, like does that mean everything you they'll be a streaming instead of an actual buying an, a song or an album on it anymore? Possibly, it might just all go across to Apple Music. Whoa, yeah. that's weird, man. Which it should be because I mean, I've, all the CDs I've got that I've put on because I mean, like most, I use iTunes for. You know, that that's how I listen to music now. I mm. buy CDs still. You know, I'm still that guy. But yeah, for the I buy artwork the CD, and that. Yeah, yeah. Put it onto the iTunes, and then that's how I, you know, catalog Access all my it. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a weird caper that one. That's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that, that will be to be continued, eh? Yeah. What's see where that space? all goes. Yeah. Um. Oh, so there you go. So you were doing that, and so now mm. you're in a band. Yeah. For the first time in a long time. Yeah. And it's been going for how long? Uh, we'll be up to about three and a half years now, I think. And in that time, you've released an album, a CD, just, a single. What have you released? One EP and one single. That's how bad we are. No, no, that's great. No, Dude, it's it took shocking. 10 years for me to re- release <laughs> one album. Yeah. You know, we'd done a single and an EP, and then finally I got an album out with my f- band, The Pass Outs, yeah. you know. Um, so that's great. What did you do? So in four years, you've got an EP and a single. Yeah. Brilliant. But we got, the, the, yeah, the thing is now we got like, because we changed singers about a year and a half ago. Okay. So we've only got the one single done with her. So we really, we've got like five or six songs we've been playing live for a year now. Yeah. That we've never recorded. So we really got to get off our ass and get in there and record those and release that, if nothing yes. else. Yes. And then maybe look to do an album or something. But you know as well as most, it's an expensive hobby and you never get that money back from an album. No, 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 no. no. So it's, 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 mm. it's more for Posterity, it is, you know, yeah. and a moment in time, and you know, yeah, man. and you be proud of it. I mean, I'm proud of everything we've done, you know, yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing, you know, when you've all got to come up. If you don't all have the money, you know, everyone's got to outlay a couple of grand or whatever it might be, and yeah, man, you know, yeah. Look, I mean, speaking mm. from experience, uh, the the pass outs we were a band mm. uh, for ten years mm. um, with multiple members, like a revolving, mm. uh, you know, um, lazy Susan of, mm. of members in and out. Um, and uh, when it came time to record a whole album, it was basically, we were a duo. It was just me and mm. Frank, the, the bass player. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a session guy to come in and record the drums. That was uh, Venom. Oh, uh, really? From Electric Mary. Oh, wow. Yeah, or he used to play for Electric Mary, yeah. so he, he played the drums. He's not bad. Uh, he's he's <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. 
Um, I've been watching a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm recently. It's so fucking funny. Um, we had, uh, you know, obviously Frank played bass. I mm. played rhythm, guitar, a little bit of lead, um, and obviously all the vocals. And then the all the lead guitars, because we didn't have a lead guitarist, mm. were all my mates. Yeah, okay. You know, all, all guys that I wanted to... I was like, oh, Tony could play on this song and that song and Andre could do this one and Ricky Boy could do that and Brett could do yeah. that. And, and so, yeah, just pulled in all the favours and they came in and we recorded it over three years. Wow. You know, it took three years to kind of save up a bit, of, do a few gigs, save up a bit, yeah. go into the studio. Oh, okay, now we're going to get to yeah. lay down this. And then, okay, no more money. Okay. Yeah. And the studio's not available. All right. <laughs> yeah. And then save up again. Oh, now the studio's available. And yeah. so, you know, um, so it took a long, long time. Um, but, uh, and then we got to the very end of the whole process. And then still, I, the band just couldn't put any more money into it, you know. Mm. And I was like, well, I want to release this. Mm. At the time, I didn't have any kids, mm. had a full-time gig. I don't really drink that much. I don't mm. smoke. I don't really have any vices other than, you know, collecting toys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can be an expensive hobby. Though. Can be expensive. <laughs> but at the time, I wasn't really into it as yeah. much. So I had a bit of income. Mm. And so, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I've, I've gone too far now not to release this bloody thing. Yeah. And so once I knew I was going to put that money aside for the CD and the vinyl, mm. I'm like, well, screw it. I want a skateboard. I mm. want a, you know, T-shirts. Mm. Um uh, posters, stickers. We got yeah. everything. Because yeah. I wasn't sure if I was ever going to get to do it again. Mm. And guess what? It's now 20... That was 2014. It's now 2019. Mm. That band hasn't released anything more. Yeah, mm. I did release an album with Smokestack Rhino, but mm. not to the extent... Like, I didn't get to release all that cool stuff with that band. Yeah. Because that was very much... <laughs> you think that holds up that record? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I still listen to that a lot. Really? Yeah. And actually, I was talking to my mate in Perth about it today because I got him onto it through the Meltdown thing. He got on it. Yeah, right. Basically, because he's a massive Mick Foley fan. He was at that gig that you and I were both at. We didn't know each other at the time. The when Mick Foley did the spoken word thing here. Yeah. Because I remember after a gig once, I showed you a picture of me and Foley, and then you pulled out your phone, showed you a picture of you and him at the same no. thing. But yeah, Adam, my main one, was there too. So we're talking about it today, actually, because yeah. he, he's still got that in heavy rotation as well, because he loves that album. So it made it to Perth. We got that far. Fuck, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of sweet. It's a bit mm. of sweet for me. It's been about six months now since mm. leaving that band. Mm. Um, and so, yeah... I can at least look back on that album and be proud of that. Yeah. You know, it didn't end the way that I, I would have liked. I didn't, I mean, I was still kind of keen to mm. continue that band, but, mm. you know, the, the lads felt otherwise. Um, and so since then, this podcast has been really cathartic for me, like mm. talking to musos on a weekly basis um, and still feeling part of the community mm. um, and doing, you know, music, you know, doing the covers thing, obviously, mm. um, uh, still performing. But, you know, I'm tinkering away, you know, working on some originals mm. um, and, and just waiting to see what form they'll take. Mm. Because at the moment it's um yeah I don't I mean the pass outs we put on a gig um about three months ago, um but I'm not sure whether or not those guys are super keen to actually be a gigging band again yeah. you know, as regularly as we used to be, mm. um so I may be starting from scratch with new guys I may be doing a solo thing I don't know mm. you know but you know what I did on the weekend Brendan mm. <laughs> same gig at that one in Point Cook everyone had cleared out I'm mm. like. Fuck this! I'm gonna I'm gonna try out one of my new songs. Yeah, <laughs> and so with, I yeah, did, and yeah. you know, no one no one was there to even know that I'd done it anyway. Mm. You know, and at least I'd got to kind of road test it through a PA. Yeah, you know, it's usually it's just at home, you know, in the room or whatever. You can't you don't really get the same vibe. 
Not many you people know. know anyway. I mean, because you no. might get like a Courtney Barnett song or something, and most people in a pub are not going to know. No, that's right. They're not going to know what it is. It could be yours. It could be something. They're not going to know. An obscure cover. Yeah, yeah man. You know, unless it's anything that's right in that front of mind pop thing, which is really yeah. small now, seemingly. Yeah. A very, very small handful of songs at any one time. Mm. You know, it's, it's kind of a strange beast. Yeah, it is a very strange beast, man. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I might be doing a bit of a dabble in the cover thing, because... The I've got an interesting little bunch of musos in my band because oh, the way yeah. it sort of came in. The guitarist, Speedy, we call him, Ricardo Ramos. Speedy. <laughs> He's Mexican. It's not racist. We promise. <laughs> <laughs> but he was playing in, uh, they play in like a Latin rock cover band, you know, ah. called Los Mas Altos. And they were doing gigs all around Melbourne. They do really well. And like paying gigs. Fun. Yeah. It was a novelty for me. Uh, but their guitarist was going overseas for 12 months. So I've filled in right. in this Latin rock band. So yeah. to me, they were all original songs. I'd never heard any of it. Of course. You know? And it was so much fun. Like we got to do um, one of the, the Lucha Libre um, wrestling things they did at Brown Alley there, you know, just across. Dude, yeah. I've, I've been to that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got to play like in the ring. Like That's the, sick. It was brilliant it was one of the best gigs I've ever done in my yeah, life but yeah. the problem is being a massive wrestling fan that I am like in my head I was going to be on the second turnbuckle you yeah, know doing yeah. stuff and I was going to be there but we soon realised with the drum kit and the amps and everything in the ring you could barely move because it's so springy and padded it would all fall if over if you jumped up and down like everything would just collapse oh shit so this whole idea in my head that I thought this is going to be the moment where I get to rock out in, in a, a ring, ring. <laughs> yeah <laughs> And yeah, it didn't quite work out to be the dream. I wanted, oh, but it was still man. so much fun. Yes, and because that crowd, like, I mean, Latin people love their music, no secret, you know. Yes, and these are just they're they're, they're rock standards for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's probably we're playing fucking horses, <laughs> but the but, Latin version. Um, and the girls are dancing and people singing and carrying on. They were the best gigs. Yeah, but yeah, we think when we might because that band sort of dissipated recently, so we might change the name of Eat the Damn Orange to something. <laughs> something in Spanish that sure. sounds awfully similar. Yeah, yeah. And, and sort of break out and do a few gigs in that too because it's just so much fun. Yeah, man. It was mental. I I, I think it was about 12 months ago, I think, we went to the um, the Lucha Fantastica mm. at Brown Alley and um, uh, they had a, a, a Lucha, uh, a Mexican um, performer in the middle of the ring and he... Was so entertaining. Was it the guy the, the Three Amigos hat. outfit? Yes. Was he at your show too? <laughs> yeah, he played before. He played while we were trying to set up around him. Oh my know. god! Yeah, dude. he's awesome. Isn't he? he was so good, yeah. and the crowd loved him. Yeah. So he must do it every time. Yeah, he must do. He was brilliant. Because yeah. I, I think um, you can see, uh, in the, in the room. Where is it? I have a, a lucha mask. There's one over there. Where is it? Yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wore that. I wore that to the show. Yeah, um, and my wife thought I was a complete yeah. idiot. I'm like, no, I'm sure there'll be people in the audience wearing their yeah. masks. I'm going to bring it, mm. and I'll wear it. And sure enough, as soon as it all kind of kicked on, everyone just kind of appeared out of the ether with these masks yeah. on and just all slipped them on, or yeah. they showed up to the venue in their masks. Well, they're selling them at the and they I sell them to, as yeah, well. I've yeah. got one. I bought one. You bought one? <laughs> yeah, we all do it. So I'm like, screw it. I've got the El Santo, you know, the, the silver, you know, the yeah. most famous Mexican wrestler of all time, arguably, <laughs> um, and, and threw that on, and it was just just so much fun. Great. They put on a good show, those Oh, guys. yeah, it's they great. They put on a really good show. Like, yeah. You know, as a wrestling sort of, you know, 
yeah, tragic. You know, yeah. you, you can you can you can grade these things and call yourself a smart mark and do whatever you want, but sure. you've just got to recognise what's a bloody good show at the end of the day. Exactly. You know, is it technically proficient necessarily? Who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, as long yeah. as you're getting a pop from the crowd, I don't care what they're doing most of the time. You know? Right. That's a really yeah. good attitude to yeah. have, man. But, yeah. Well, that's the caper, isn't it? You know? Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure you and I could wax lyrical about who's a good wrestler and who's not all night. You know, it's one yeah. of my favourite things to do, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's how you sort of... You know, it's how you take it. You know, that's and, right. Yeah, you know, I love it. I've always loved it. Mm. Did you watch AEW? Oh, dude, did I watch it? I haven't I, seen it yet. I bought it. Yeah, it was thirty dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah, and it was the best thirty dollars and ninety nine cents I've spent in the last six months easily oh, on anything wrestling related. See, I was in Bali and Tim and everyone was saying, Tim's a drummer in my band is wrestling nut. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, sending yeah. messages going, my God, you have to check this out. Yes, dude, yeah, you should. Because just the way it's presented as well. Like they're, yes. They're not wrestling, they're not playing to camera at all like we're so used to seeing now mm-hmm. from WWE. You mm-hmm. know, they're, you know they're, they're, they're wrestling proper. Like it's, mm-hmm. They're actually wrestling for grown-ups, not for kids again. You no, know? that's and, right, man. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the standout match is obviously Cody versus um, uh, uh Dustin, yeah. Dustin Rhodes, yeah. obviously. I was going to say Dusty, but yeah, no, mm. Dustin, um, Gold Dust. Mm. And um, yeah, if you've got time after this, I'll, I'll, I'll whack it on because mm. it is, it'll pull on the old hard strings, man. Yeah. It's some it's, good shit. The, even the promos leading up to it. Is yeah. Like, I was following all that. You watched that, all that? Astounding. So good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were brilliant, man. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, I'm glad there's finally a rival. Like what seems to be something that's going to rival WWE properly. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially with the weekly show. Yeah. Because if there's going to be some actual like weekly show that we can watch to mm. lead up to all the pay-per-views and not yeah. just independent things that you're going to have to hunt for on YouTube, you know, if it's actually you know attainable weekly yeah. and we'll be able to consume it that way, then everyone around the world will be able to dial in yeah. to those pay-per-views. It's going to be sick, man. They've targeted some really clever guys. I mean, getting Kenny yeah. Omega in there and even buddy, well, John Moxley, as he called himself now, Dean Ambrose, yeah. it's such a good pull. Yeah. I've been a fan of him for a while and they've been underutilizing him for way too long. Way too long. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be cool. There you go, man. <laughs> getting before we finish up, getting back onto um, the Eaterdam Orange Band, yeah, um, your original act that you, that you're playing um, in at the moment. Um, can you tell me how that band formed? Um, yeah, it was a bit, a bit of an interesting. Like I said, it was Chris and I originally just sitting there writing songs. Mm-hmm. Um, the name Eaterdam Orange. Geez, it came out. I'm trying to think what we were tossing up between. I was either going to be the Fiery Biscuits, which mm-hmm. was a, a, a Mighty Boosh grab. The Fiery Biscuits? Yeah, the Fiery Biscuits. What's that from the Mighty Boosh? What, um, in what season? Uh, it's the, the Rudy and Spider episode. Yeah, and they go into the bar and, and, and the woman like gets her tits out to, to Rudy. And he just looks at her and goes, put away those Fiery Biscuits. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that's like season one. Is it one? I think so. No, no, no. Because one, they're still in the zoo. I think. Yeah, one's in the zoo. Oh Might no, maybe season, season two, two yeah, when they're two. when they're like up in the apartment yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Put away those fiery biscuits. So the van was either going to be the fiery biscuits or then eat the damn orange, which is just a, a Grandpa Simpson's grab, you know. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Grandpa Simpson says yeah. that in an episode. Yeah. Oh right. <laughs> Because, yeah, when I was always saw I'm like, what does that mean? But yeah. There you go. It's from The Simpsons. That's why I've been playing a few gigs with a band called Funk Dancing for Self-Defense, because that's 
a that's a grab that's a mo grab from the same episode and oh, we, really? we didn't know those guys at all like they're probably 15 years younger than me if not more right um, but we just saw this band called funk dancing for self-defense like we're called eat the demo we've got to play gigs together we just must yeah so it has you know? to happen so yeah we just started doing a few yeah like, yeah ruin all your shit no no that's <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah, so that's just where that started. We just thought it was funny because yeah. I, I think we were just having a couple of beers and writing songs and we came up with Eat the Damn Orange and then we came up with, you know, things we could merch and we thought, well, hang on, we can colour, we can, everyone can wear black with just a bit of orange. And we thought, oh, yeah, okay. And, mm-hmm. and then we just started entertaining ourselves with a bunch of stupid ideas. Yeah, right. And before you know it, that's what the band was called. And then I I tapped the singer from um, the, the cover band I was in prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she knew the guitarist because she played in a different cover band with them called Lionel Loves Vinyl. Do a lot of stuff sort of down the peninsula and stuff. Um, trying to think where everyone came from. Bass player, we got to an ad who was originally an American guy. He's gone back to the States. So we've got a, the bass player that was in that Los Mosaltos Latin band. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're on our second drummer as well. And that's Tim from the Hard Rock Show. So Yeah, right. Yeah, when, when, the other, when the other drummer, yeah, when he left, I was just, Tim, you want to fill in for a while? He goes, yeah, why not? And he's yeah. still there. He's still there. So, yeah, it's sort of gone through. And then Tash was the singer from the Latin band as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, when Saray left, we... we Drag Tash in the way we go. So you know, yeah. like a lot of bands, you go through a few lineups, a few people, different lineups. Yeah. People yeah. can say original lineup all you want, but what's original? You know, yeah, we've never yeah. released an album, so <laughs> what's an original lineup? lineup? Yeah, yeah, right, right. So yeah, we're just you know playing around, doing our thing. But it was yeah. it was just sort of an evolution of people that just you know just liked playing the music and having a laugh because the lyrics are all quite silly. Sure, yeah, um, yeah, but. You know, to me, being in a band now, like I've given up the, the, the rock star dream a long, long time ago. Yeah, it's more about having a good time. It's about the hang, you know. Yeah, and if yeah. the hang's right, you know, it's it's just fun to be in a band. It's a good thing. And that's where we're at at the moment. It's just five people that enjoy each other's company. I mean, rehearsals are, you know, are the highlights of the buddy week, you know. You get yeah, together, yeah. a couple of beers and, you know, have a laugh. Nice you know, one, man. It's just a good way to be. What's what's your favourite gig that of of that band? Um, did, did you do a launch for the EP and all that? Where did you do that? Yeah, that was good. That was um, the old Elephant and Wheelbarrow in um, St Kilda. Oh yeah, yeah, That's a yeah, great yeah. Venue. I used to love playing there. Yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah, because they it, don't do it anymore. They no, do they? No, it's no. closed. It's closed. It's yeah. still sitting there gathering dust. Gathering dust. Yeah, that was a cool venue, it man. It was great because you had like proper lighting. Yes. You know, good sound. And yes. uh, I think her name was Stacy or something that did the lighting. It was the same girl every week. Mm-hmm. She just knew that rig. She did. You know, and I think it was Stacy. Yeah. Yeah. We got some of the best photos we've ever had uh-huh. you know, of the band were taken at that and venue. And every Melbourne band played there because yeah. the SB had closed. It was the only place yeah. really with a big, nice stage mm. in St Kilda. Mm. And, and, you know, if you had a bit of a following, people mm. would come out to see you yeah. at that venue and they paid you and they now, paid it was a lot of money but I think a grand was set aside for the bands they put four bands on they get 200 each for the supports and 400 for the headline or whatever it, it was it was fantastic it was bloody brilliant yeah and yeah. it's gone like it's the gone. rest of them yeah you know that far really out sucks. so that was your standout one you yeah, reckon yeah I think it was I'm trying to think of other ones I mean we did some fun well you guys played on that one at um, Memo Music Hall in St Kilda with Grand Hour the Rock for Regal gig Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good one. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. You were on earlier in the day. I think you I guys think had to so. get off to another gig or something like that. But I yeah, think we, we did too. A bit later on, and yeah. we may. I think we may have even gone to. Uh, oh no, 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 no! I think that was the night we did Ding Dong 
lounge. Yeah, that could be right. Straight after. Because you were on way earlier than you would have expected to be at that kind yeah, of gig. Yeah, right, right. You were on like right. four o'clock or something Or something like that. Like that. Yeah, then, then skid out a lot. But yeah. that was a cool gig just to play that mm. stage because it sounded really it's cool. A cool. It's a cool room, man. Yeah. Yeah, that memo music hall. Yeah, and the yeah. Evelyn's always really good to play because the sound's always excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still going. Yeah. Far out. Yeah, Evelyn's still going and Bendy seems to be getting legs again, which is good. It's more of a metal venue, though, isn't it? It's changing, though. He goes booking for him now. Yeah, Higo that used to be on Triple M. He's, oh, he's yeah, old mate. Yeah, 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 Distortion with yeah. Higo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he's so actually, he's he books now. the bands yeah. at the Bendigo Hotel yeah. in Collingwood. Yeah, so we got huh. one We got one next month with uh, Shadow Queen and Lily out of Sydney. I don't know if you know Lily, but they're a fantastic band. Yeah, right. They released an album last year. It was just mind-bendingly good. That's cool. So, yeah, looking forward to that one, sort of. All female up front gig. That'll be a that'll be a monster. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I like those ones. They're good. Far out. Um, yeah. At the beginning of the podcast, I usually play a little snippet um, of audio of the person who's been interviewed. Mm. Um, is there a specific track from Eat the Am- Eat the Damn Orange <laughs> that you'd like me to play? You better go with Blue Balls. I think Blue Balls. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. we'll have heard a little bit of Blue Balls. <laughs> a little bit of Blue Balls. We've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking into the blue microphone I tonight. I am. <laughs> it kind of looks like Blue Ball. <laughs> now, now it's a little bit confronting all of a sudden. I was comfortable. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and, yeah, so we'll have heard a little bit of Blue Balls. And um, how would people uh, get in contact with Eat the Damn Orange and the Hard Rock Show if they want to seek out that content, my well, friend? All the usual places. Hard mm-hmm. Rock Show of course has uh, Patreon stuff as well uh-huh. so you know that's really good being it's you know public television there's no money in that either yeah. amazingly Channel People, 31 yeah yeah. Um, but yeah of course Patreon YouTube there's heaps of content that doesn't make it to TV that ends up on YouTube yep. yeah hot topics that we discuss like we've been waffling on it Spotify and all that kind of stuff if mm-hmm. you like all that there's hours of it yep. <laughs> um, um, yeah and of course Facebook Twitter all the classics Instagram yeah, Instagram Spotify for the band and you all know, that stuff yeah Check awesome, it out. man. Mm. Well, look, thanks so much for being a guest on the Art of Touring. Um, mm. It's been great to, um, you know, catch up mm. over a couple of beers. Yeah. And um, <laughs> uh, we'll see you at the next show, my friend. All righty. See you later, brother. <laughs> see you, mate. Ciao. Be good. And that's a wrap, Sizzlers, episode 59, all done and dusted. Thank you for listening. If you did like this episode, give the podcast a share on social media. Use the hashtag Art of Touring Podcast on Instagram and give us a follow at Art of Touring Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the show, I'd like you to come on back each week and keep listening. Be a regular, regular listener of uh, the Art of Touring. I have a new guest each week. Uh, you are more than welcome to join the Art of Touring family. Uh, I'd love to have you on board each week. And, you know, tell me what you think of the show. Tell me tell me anything. Tell me if it's rubbish. Tell me if it's great. Tell me anything. Reach out to the dog. I won't bite hard. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me, please email me directly, uh, direct, blah, 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 directly at artofturingpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you'd like to come on the show if you're a touring musician or a performer or a wrestler. Hit me up or send me a message on Instagram at artofturingpodcast. You can listen to Art of Touring on Wooshka, or you can download it on iTunes. Uh, If you like this episode, get out your phone now, scroll to uh, the review section, hit five stars, and write a short review. 
that would be rad. Uh, now let's get into some plugs. This Saturday, the 8th of June, I'll be back at the Black Swan in Point Cook. Uh, so if you'd like to come down for a tasty steak or a tasty palmer or uh, any of the fantastic Irish grub that they're serving up every week and hear some laid-back acoustic tunes, you can join me from 7 till 10 p.m.-ish. The outro music for The Art of Touring is a song called Start a Fire by The Passouts, which is available to stream on Spotify or download on iTunes. Uh, for the time being, anyway. <laughs> iTunes may not be a thing for much longer, so download it while you can, folks. You can grab the whole debut album uh, by The Passouts on all digital platforms, and if you'd like to grab a physical copy... <coughs> Grab a physical copy. That's the best way because I actually get paid if you do that. Uh, then you can you can buy it on either CD or glorious coloured vinyl or regular coloured vinyl. Go to thepassoutsband.bandcamp.com where you can get all of our merchandise including t-shirts, stickers, posters and even skateboards. That's all from me this week. Before I go, I do have a few shout-outs. Shout-out to Chris Wall, who designed the artwork for the show. You can follow him on Instagram at Mr. Wall, spelt W-A-H-L. Big thanks to my guest this week, Mr. Brendan Nellison. Be sure to check out Brendan's band, Eat the Damn Orange, on all their social platforms, and tune in to the Hard Rock Show. That's all from me this week. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time for another episode of Art of Touring with yours truly, the Sis Dog. And remember, this week's podcast was brought to you by Figure Addiction Anonymous. It's a real addiction. Just ask my wife. <laughs> Stop laughing.